Good morning and welcome to Simply Sports. It's Sunday, February 18th. On today's show, the NBA is set to reassess Team Ignite in the wake of NIL, and there's talk of Rashford replacing Bappe at PSG. Plus, the Panthers are eyeing NHL history with their 11th consecutive road win. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Sports. We start off with a look at the future of the G League Ignite, a program created by the NBA to provide a path for pre-draft eligible players to be paid to play basketball, which is being called into question by NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. The introduction of name, image, and likeness into college basketball has potentially diminished the need for the program. Here to discuss this further is Celeste, a correspondent for Simply Sports. Can you tell us more about the G League Ignite and why its future is uncertain? Certainly, David. The G League Ignite was created as a response to the NBA's age limit for prospects, providing a way for pre-draft eligible players to earn money before being eligible to enter the NBA. However, with the introduction of name, image, and likeness into college basketball, players can now earn money while still in school, reducing the need for the NBA to maintain such a feeder program. So how successful has the G League Ignite been in achieving its goals? The program has seen some success, attracting several high-level prospects and producing high draft picks, including Scoot Henderson, Dyson Daniels, and Jalen Green. However, this season has been challenging on the court, with the Ignite holding a 631 record and the league's worst offensive and net ratings. What about the players? How are they reacting to these developments? One of the top draft prospects, Ron Holland, has already announced that he will not be returning this season after undergoing thumb surgery. He's chosen to focus on preparing for the NBA draft instead. What does this mean for the future of American youth basketball? Silver has expressed concern about the state of the American youth basketball system and suggested that the league might focus more on player development in the future. He pointed out that nearly 30% of NBA players are born outside the United States, where player development programs often focus more on practice than games. What about the relationship between referees and players? Has Silver addressed this issue? Yes, Silver acknowledged the challenges faced by both players and referees and stated that improving communication between the two will be a real area of focus moving forward. He emphasized the need for mutual respect and believes that better communication can help alleviate some of the frustrations. And finally, what about the All-Star Game roster sizes? Are there any plans to increase them? Silver has dismissed the idea of increasing All-Star Game roster sizes He argued that even though the number of teams has expanded, the number of minutes and the number of balls have not. He believes that being an all-star should remain a special recognition, and expanding the roster might dilute that. Thanks for the insights, Celeste. Now shifting gears to football. The summer transfer window may still be some time away, but the rumor mill is already in full swing. Today's top story revolves around Manchester United forward Marcus Rashford, who is reportedly being eyed by Paris Saint-Germain as a potential replacement for Kylian Mbappe. Here to discuss this further is Michael, a correspondent for Simply Sports. Can you tell us more about this potential move? Certainly, David. 
According to the Times, PSG is preparing for life after Kylian Mbappe, who has informed the club of his decision to leave when his contract expires at the end of this season. With Mbappe's departure, PSG will have a reported £171 million to spend on a new forward. Marcus Rashford of Manchester United is said to be topping their list of potential replacements. Rashford has had a challenging season at Manchester United. Could this move be a fresh start for him? It could indeed. Rashford has managed just five goals in all competitions this season and has faced scrutiny for his off-field actions. A move to PSG could provide a fresh start and a new challenge. However, it's worth noting that PSG plans to add just one starting forward this summer, so they'll be assessing whether Rashford, who offers similar versatility as Mbappe, is the right fit. Let's move on to some other transfer rumors. What's the latest on Emile Smith-Rowe, Ted Mengi, and Marcos Alonso? Newcastle United and Aston Villa are reportedly interested in Arsenal midfielder Emile Smith-Rowe. Meanwhile, Bayer Leverkusen is said to be monitoring Luton Town defender Ted Mengi, who also attracted attention from Crystal Palace and Fulham in January. As for Marcos Alonso, Atletico Madrid is reportedly considering a move for the Barcelona defender, whose contract expires this summer. And what about Chelsea? Are there any potential moves in the pipeline for them? Chelsea is reportedly evaluating the future of midfielder Conor Gallagher, who has become a key player this season and is keen to stay at Stamford Bridge. In addition, the club is said to be preparing an approach for Brentford star Ivan Toney, who has been identified as their number one summer target. However, Brentford is reportedly seeking £80 for Tony, which would require Chelsea to offload several players to comply with financial fair play regulations. Thanks for the update, Michael. In other sports news, the Florida Panthers have been making waves with their stunning display of dominance, setting a franchise record with their 11th consecutive road game victory by routing the Tampa Bay Lightning 9-2. The Panthers are now just one win away from matching league history. Here to discuss this further is James, a correspondent for Simply Sports. Can you tell us more about this historic win for the Panthers? Certainly, David. The Panthers' victory was a team effort, with Matthew Tikachuk and Sam Bennett each contributing two goals and two assists. This win, coupled with the Boston Bruins' loss earlier in the day, has put the Panthers in the lead in the Atlantic Division by one point. The Panthers' coach, Paul Maurice, acknowledged the rarity of such a high-scoring game, but also pointed out that the team had its share of games where the puck didn't go in their favor. And how does this victory compare to the Panthers' past performances? This win matches the Panthers' franchise high in goals for a road game. Their overall scoring record is 10 goals, achieved in a home win over Boston back in 1997. During this historic stretch, the Panthers have outscored opponents 51-18. They are now one shy of the NHL record for regular season road wins, held by the 2005-06 Detroit Red Wings and 2014-15 Minnesota Wild. What's next for the Panthers? Do they have a chance to tie or even break this record? After a home game against the Ottawa Senators, the Panthers will have a chance to tie the record when they face the Carolina Hurricanes on Thursday. If they continue their current form, they could very well match or even surpass the record. What about the Tampa Bay Lightning? How did they fare in this game? It was a tough night for the Lightning. They had an eight-game home winning streak halted. Their goalie, 
Andrei Vasilevsky, allowed six goals on 22 shots before being replaced by Jonas Johansson. Despite this, NHL points leader Nikita Kucherov managed to extend his point streak to 10 games with an assist on a power play goal. And how did the Panthers' players react to this victory? The players were understandably thrilled. Sam Bennett, who ended a six-game pointless streak, said that it felt good to put on such a performance in the building of their biggest rivals. Carter Verhaya, who had two goals and an assist, spoke about the team's love for playing together and the simplicity of road games. Thanks for those insights, James. Now, let's switch gears to college basketball, where number 5 Arizona made history in a Pac-12 game at McHale Center, overpowering Arizona State with a 105-60 victory, marking the largest margin of victory by either team in the history of the series. Bella, our correspondent for Simply Sports, is here to discuss this further. Can you tell us more about this game? Certainly, David. The Wildcats were in top form, with their offense flowing smoothly and their defense tightening up late in the first half. This turned the rivalry game into a blowout. Arizona shot 57% from the floor and had a 52-16 advantage in the paint. This gave Tommy Lloyd his 81st win, the most in major conference history, by a coach in his first three seasons at a school. That's quite an achievement for Lloyd. And who were the standout players in this game? Jaden Bradley led the scoring for Arizona with 21 points, but the real dominance came from Umar Balo inside. The 7-foot, 260-pound center was established in the paint early, creating easy shots and racking up fouls against Arizona State. Balo finished with 15 points and 11 rebounds. On the other side, Adam Miller led the Sun Devils with 16 points. How did Arizona State perform in this game? Arizona State had a tough time matching up with Arizona, particularly inside. They shot 36% and 6 of 24 from three-point range after a strong start. The Sun Devils went six minutes without hitting a shot and missed eight of their last nine as the fouls started piling up. And what does this victory mean for Arizona in terms of their standing? The NCAA Selection Committee revealed its potential top 16 seeds on Saturday, and Arizona was on the number one line with Purdue, reigning national champion UConn, and Houston. This victory certainly solidifies their position. That's certainly something to watch. Thanks for the update, Bella. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Sports. We'll see you back here tomorrow.